right, as a candidate, you've worked your way through your discovery. Uh, you've become a quality candidate for the franchisor. Uh, you're, you're both mutually in the same place. And now you're going to go into the discovery day process. We're going to get at it in just a second on FranX. All right, it's always great to have the experts uh, with us. So today, Brian from Topper's Pizza is with us. Brian, I would love for you to frame your story. Tell us why you're qualified to obviously talk about this. And you've been on both sides of the fence, so there's a lot to break into. But give our audience some sort of sense of what is your story? What's your background? Well, from my side, uh, Nick, is I've been very fortunate. I've wore a couple different hats, and I've been a franchisee. Uh, I was with uh, Little Caesars for about 20 years. <clears throat> I started off as an hour hourly employee, so I got a, a great knowledge and had worked through uh, set, or distribution and operations and ultimately ended up uh, overseeing their franchise sales department, all the domestic. Uh, I left Little Caesars and went to Quiznos and uh, became a franchisee. Uh, I had opened up a couple stores and then uh, joined the area developer. Uh, we had built out uh, quite a few stores in Michigan and Ohio, and then I had uh, the opportunity to go to Hungry Howie's Pizza and headed up their franchise sales department. Uh, during kind of all this, I did a little bit of consulting, and uh, back in July, I was given a great opportunity to join Topper's Pizza. Uh, so having wore a couple of those hats, uh, I uh, understand what you're going through at the discovery stage. I love that. So, okay, so a few things that I want to break down from your story. I mean, for a candidate, I mean, like you went from hourly worker up until franchisee. At what point when, you, when, you're, when you're working your way up the corporate ladder, and obviously you're, you're learning franchising and then you're, you're doing franchising at Little Caesars, at what point does your hat change and say, I want to be a franchise owner versus just being the franchisor? What was, what was that trigger moment that, that led you to that? Well, I think it was the success of franchising in general. Uh, one thing that I'm uh, always excited about is watching people from different walks of life uh, that may not have been happy with what they were doing and seeing not only a change of life or a quality of life because a franchisee gives you the flexibility. I was a single father, so that was one of the things that intrigued me is that I could arrange my hours around my, my daughter's schedule. Um, but it also gives you uh, an opportunity of wealth that you may not always see in a corporate position. So at that time in my life, I just thought it would be a good opportunity to take the franchise route, uh, which is probably the same thought process that many of our existing franchisors that are looking at this opportunity are thinking. Okay, so you, you look back at that moment, and I think this, there's tons of value in that. If you look back, what do you wish you would have asked Quiznos as a, as a franchisor in your process that you may have found out later on? Or what what do you wish you would have known then that you knew, knew after? Well, in that particular one, it was a little bit learning more about the competition and um, trying to understand how they were approaching the market. <clears throat> Though the one thing that I would really recommend to anybody looking at franchise opportunities is to really do your due diligence before that discovery day. You've been given a, a great document, which is called the Franchise Disclosure Document. Uh, read through that. <clears throat> You're going to generate a whole lot of questions off of that document 
But the most important thing that I would recommend to anybody is franchise validation. Um, because regardless of what you read in the document, if there's any uh, good or bad issues dealing with the franchise, or you're going to hear it through the franchisees. Most importantly, Nick, is you're going to hear a pattern. Uh, as you speak to franchisees, it may not be the exact same wording, but you're going to understand the good and the bad. And that's important to bring that to the discovery day. Uh, one tip of advice I always give everyone, and I had a difficult time speaking to the franchisees uh, when I was calling on the Quizno side, trying to get them to, to respond to me. I would always ask that, that they use their salesperson's name, uh, be it a text or be it an email or a phone call, even if you're calling the stores, so that they understand that's a legitimate person. Uh, in most cases, if you do that, you'll get that franchisee will call the corporate office and verify. Once they've got that, they're much more freely to discuss things. And, you know, because it could be a competitor calling, trying to get some information. So, uh, but that validation uh, and asking those hard questions is is real important in that discovery day process. So a few things to, to break down from there. One is, uh, said even thinking back on, on the Quiznos opportunity, you, you wanted to know more about market competition. Is that something, like if the franchisor is forthcoming with saying, look, here's who our competitors are, here's how we stand out differently, here's how we plan to market differently than them, like when there's transparency there, that I would imagine turns into a feel good moment for the candidate, because what you're saying is like, if you want that information, look, ask the franchisor to give their synopsis of it, right? Yeah. And, you know, you got to remember when you purchase a franchise, it's a long term uh, commitment. It's a marriage. So you really want to understand their thought process. You want to feel comfortable with the team that's in place. You want to feel comfortable with their marketing strategy moving forward. And these are good questions to ask, and especially as it comes to competitors. And the reason for that is depending on, you could be entering in, depending on what franchise you're going with, uh, a market that's going to have fierce competitors in that area, or you may be one of the first and you're going to be dealing with them at another time. So I think it's really important that you understand their philosophy moving forward. The other thing you mentioned is the, the patterns of, of feedback when you're doing your due diligence. How many franchisees do you think a prospect should try to have outreach to? And secondly, is it a bad insight if the franchisees are not taking the calls to validate? Is that, is that something that should be a red flag to the candidate? Uh, yes and no. I mean, sometimes it's just getting through so that they understand you're a legitimate candidate. Franchisees are busy people, <clears throat> but I really would recommend is contacting as many as possible. Um, if you are in going into a specific area and there's franchisees, definitely connect with them. The easiest way is to drive to the store and just kind of show up, start having that conversation. And I will tell you, once you open the door with one or two franchisees, they will actually give you recommendations of other franchisees. I probably spoke to about 20 franchisees before purchasing mine because there was no way that I was going to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in my livelihood into a franchise that I wasn't comfortable with. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest mistake of anybody looking to purchase franchising is the lack of validation and um, you know, doing your due diligence to making sure that this is the right fit for you. Yeah. 
Well, and, and frankly, from a from a development standpoint or sales standpoint, the other insight that you're saying is that franchisees do sell franchises. If you don't have good validation, like in that process of you going through it, if you would have seen red flags or patterns of red flags from the 25 franchisees that you spoke with, that would have probably pushed you off to the side and said, don't move forward with this, right? Correct. And um, the other point to that is if you are getting some red flags and with any franchise, you're definitely going to have red flags, a few, uh, but that's important to bring that to discovery day. Um, there's nothing better than sitting at a discovery day and saying, all right, this is my due diligence. This is what I'm hearing from the franchise communities. Communicate back to me how you're addressing this. Yeah, so definitely. yes, you're absolutely correct. Well, and what I love love about that advice is I think majority of franchisors build their agenda of a discovery day, whether that's you fly in the night before, we're going to break bread and have dinner. And then the next day we're going to spend four hours or eight hours or longer diving through all the information. Like what you're saying is if you do your due diligence beforehand, then a discovery day is not just up to the franchisor. You are actually guiding the agenda because you're saying, look, guys, before we get too much in here, here are some questions that came up through my process that I want to feel comfortable with, which in turn helps guide the franchisor on how to make sure that they are answering those questions properly to make that candidate feel comfortable. And I think I think that's tremendous advice to do do your due diligence, at least majority of it, before you even make it to discovery day. Yeah, and on that point, Nick, I really would like to say is it's a uh... – it's an interview process both ways. Um, for those franchisees that come in or prospective franchisees that have done their due diligence um, are asking the, the hard questions and, and questions in general, it really looks favorable uh, from the franchisor because you're sincere about what you're trying to do. But I also wanna point out, this is a long-term relationship. And if there's flags when you're having those conversations, um, you would want to know that now because that executive team is typically who you're going to be working with. Uh, one point that I would break out for per, uh, franchisees or people that are looking to purchase a franchise, pay special attention to your operations people who are typically through that discovery day. Because when it's all done and over with, those are the ones that you're going to be working with on a daily basis. So make sure that relationship is comfortable. Make sure that they're answering the questions that you're looking for. And again, this is a, you know, it's a 20 year relationship. It's kind of like a marriage. So you want to make sure that uh, these are people that you would want to work with. And the best way that I could explain it is, would you want to work there uh, for the rest of your life? And would you feel comfortable with the direction that that company's taking? Because if the answer is yes, you're probably with the right franchisor. Well, I think you just gave another, another insight that is valuable both for sales process and for franchise candidates, which is, you said, take pay good attention to the operations team. And the reality is that the per person that's leading franchise sales is not there to make you successful beyond that point. Their job is to facilitate you up to the handoff and then you're handed off. So the question is, like, should operations, and some brands do, some don't, should operations or an operation call be a part of the sales process before discovery day so that operations is also evaluating do they want to work with this person long term should that be a part of the sales process it really should i can say on topper's behalf we actually bring in our director of uh, of uh, 
operations along with our vice president of operations on, uh, on our own stores because we want to have their input as far as evaluation of what they would think. But more importantly, it gives an opportunity for the franchisees to meet the people that they're going to be working with directly. And I think if they're not bringing in the operations people in, you would at least want to have an introduction and meet with them. And even if it's just a phone call, because again, when it's all done and over with, as you said, Nick, that's who they're going to be working with the majority of the time uh, from their 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 opening through uh, opening up their other stores, too. And on that note, I really, really would recommend that they have some real strong discussions on, you know, how are they going to handle the real estate? How are they going to handle the grand opening? Uh Another thing to keep in mind, if you're looking to purchase multiple stores, what is your support after three stores? Uh, there's a there's a magic number that you know every brand has its its number, but three to five stores, you can handle that. You're going to do great, and if you're excelling, you'll be able to do well. But then there comes a point where you have to bring a supervisor in. You need to pull out of operations, and you need to start running a business. These are multi million dollar businesses, so you want to make sure that that support is in there. I know on the topper's behalf, we have a great uh, training program for the supervisors because we want to make sure that we have that support for those people that are looking to expand the brand. Um, all right, so a lot, a lot of, a lot of good in, in that statement. So a few, few things. One would be, um, and and I'll, I'll, I'll get to my question after I say some comments. But one is like I, I agree. It's somewhere between. I mean, I've seen it as small as two units and as big as five that they can operate that fine, but then it's the mindset of, can I do another reinvestment into my business? Even though my profitability may go down to hire that next person onto my team so I can scale up, do they have the right mindset to reinvest into the business at that point? Because it's gonna go beyond what they're able to, to accomplish. Therefore, it's it's partly, and this is, this is why financial qualifications end up being so important, both in how much are you going to have in operating capital and how much do you have from a cash or liquid standpoint when you're getting into the opportunity. But beyond that, what is your mindset on, are you, are you looking to go buy that fancy house right away? Or are you going to build a business that is sustainable and scalable? Because that that's, that's the difference. That's the level there because you've got to be able to ask for help. The other thing that you said there that I think is deeply valuable for the franchise prospect when they're doing their due diligence is the question of understanding what does support look like beyond that? And how are you supporting me as a franchisee? Most franchisors, they all say the same thing, like best in class support. And okay, but what does that mean? And how are you gonna impact me? For me, I wanna know what is, how many business coaches or consultants per franchisee? What's my touch point look like on them? There are some brands that are like, you're gonna get to talk to them once a year. Okay, fine, but that means I'm out on an island for 364 days a year, I got to be comfortable with that. And this is stuff that comes up in that discovery. So with that being said, obviously like majority of franchisors want the scalable franchisee. They want the multi-unit operator that can, that can scale a business. Brian, when you're, when you're looking at me as a candidate, I've walked into that room, like what turns you off and what excites you about me as a candidate now that I've showed up at discovery day? Well, I think a lot of this is how engaged you are. Um, you know, are you looking for a long term? What is your growth plans? Uh, you know, a franchisor, 
you know, obviously if someone's looking to build multiple stores, uh, that's always a good thing. But we're also looking at what you just touched on earlier and is what is their thought process on building multiple stores? Uh, do they understand they need a team in place? Are they willing to make the investments? Uh, how committed are they? Uh, but I think, you know, from a franchisor's perspective, we've got the systems. We're just looking for the individual that holds the quality and it goes back to culture is a big thing. I always love to share the story with toppers. Um, I got hired during the middle of the pandemic, so there was no actual face-to-face -face interviews during the process. So I accepted this job and you know I fly out to Whitewater for my first time. And the thing that really, really drove home for me is I knew I did my due diligence on toppers. I had spoke with so many of the team members and they have a very unique culture. But when I walked through that front door and seeing the pool table, the dartboard and the red crush velvet couches, I knew I hit the culture that I wanted to be in. And that's part of the discovery day. That's part of what um, we're looking for when we're meeting franchisees. Do they have that um, fit with our organization? Are they going to do well in how we operate? So that's one of the things that we definitely look for. But more importantly, a prospect should be looking for that you know, the same way that uh, we are. Well, and, and Brian, I think there's another insight there. And that's um, like, as much as you're protecting the culture when they walk in those doors, like you're also being responsible back to all those franchisees that you've already said yes to that are at different life cycles in the business because they had to go through that same thing. So it is up to the franchisor to protect the, the club to make sure those that they put in are going to fit and are going to scale at the pace that they want, because if they don't, then that ultimately affects the existing franchise owners too. Absolutely. And I know we look really careful at that, that would they be a good fit with our existing franchisees? Um, and that's part of your due diligence, because again, going back to my first recommendation of making sure you have that franchise validation, you're also going to find that they're probably like-minded people if you feel that sense right out of the gate, that's going to be a win-win for everybody involved. Yeah. And, and I would imagine, I mean, the widget that you've sold is irrelevant, whether it's a Little Caesars or Quiznos or, or a Hungry Howie's or a Toppers, like the widget ends up being irrelevant. It's the process that you've put in place to evaluate people. Do they fit culturally process? Do they have the right mindset to get, get into this? um places are they are they going to expand at the at the pace that we want them to like like your evaluation system i would imagine doesn't change drastically whether the widget changes right yeah that's absolutely correct and again i i, I would like to reinforce for the prospects that are looking if it's a brand that you're expecting to grow have those conversations because I know at toppers we actually will sit down with you and if you were to speak with our operations people how we were going to help you succeed to get to that next level because everything changes when you're doing multiple stores so it's really really important that you understand that that brand is there to support you as you grow you know there's the are you going to come out and inspect me once a year and send me an you know an inspection form or are you going to come out and consult i mean those are big questions and again that franchise validation coming back to that around is going to tell you what kind of support that comes out of that I, th this is an awful question. I mean, I already know the answer, so let, I'll, I'll tee it up. That Go way. ahead, Nick. You can say it. But 
like it seems like i mean there there's a lot at risk when it comes to franchising and the reality is like we rely on odd discovery day to decide if we're going to be married it is like we went on one date or we you know we talked on the phone and got to know each other then we went on that first date and we're like we're gonna get married like <laughs> the reality i mean it is what it is but the reality is like this is where following a process has to make sense because you're seeing a human being one time to make a, a very big decision on behalf of the business and for them to make a decision on their own. Like it, it is somewhat backwards. Yeah, it is. But if you do the due diligence properly, you should be visiting stores. Uh, if you've got time, hop out, of, hop out of your area, go to another area, visit those stores, make sure that brand recognition is the same. Uh, speak with franchisees outside of your area. Have your friends and family order food or order services, whatever it is. Um, for me, it was a long process. Honestly, my decision was kind of made before I went to Discovery Day uh, because I had done so much due diligence. I was just reinforcing what I had figured out or what I had determined was correct. And, and hopefully if they go through that process, uh, they're going to have a really good feeling, feeling before entering the Discovery Day uh, process. Yeah, Fantastic advice. And, and here's the reality. Like I, I think for forever franchisors have wanted it to like for the sales process to move fast. You know, we start marketing, we get deals. And what you just said, like, I think it's super sound advice because if the prospect does their homework, say over, over a three month period, even before the inquiry, mm -hmm. and they, they've decided like toppers make sense. Let me go dive in and have the viewpoint on my own. They're going to be higher quality. They're going to come to the table prepared. Most likely they're going to go through the process of signing to opening smoothly. Like there's not going to be all these surprise questions. So the advice there is like prospects take, take some time and make sure you're doing, you're checking the boxes before you even dive into this thing so that you can have a marriage so that you can scale so that you can be properly qualified. And I think all that, all that is super sound advice. So um, any, any last comments, Brian? Yeah, on that, uh, I then with most franchise prospects are coming in because it's they love the food. Uh, maybe they have a friend that's in the business and knowing they're making a lot of money and they're happy. Maybe it's a lifestyle change. You already know why you're going in. That's already solidified. Just make sure that you verify the rust. Can I make money? Can I have the lifestyle that I want? Um, is this a brand that I want to represent in my community? Because frankly, you are the brand in that community. You're not a national brand at that point. So, Totally. Well, look, we deeply appreciate this conversation. Great insights. Uh, we'd love to obviously have you back where it makes sense. Uh, thank you so much and, and good luck again. You, you know what you're doing. It's like riding a bicycle. You're going to continue to have the success wherever you end up. Well, we appreciate the opportunity and thank you for your time. All right. Thanks, Brian. Take care.